As we turn together to God's Word, will you please stand out of respect for His Word? And tonight we look at Psalm 32. And again, the, well, the version I'm reading from is the ESV. It should be pretty close. But Psalm 32, which is one of the penitential psalms that we're looking at uh, during Lent. So in Psalm 32, we have these words written by King David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like the horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This is the true Word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the words that are preserved for us, words which were lifted to You from a a time of contrition, from a man with a broken heart, a man who knew that he had done wrong in Your eyes. Heavenly Father, thank You for these words that both confront us and bind us up and reassure us. Teach us, Father, to seek your will and your ways and hear us when we repent and remind us of your forgiveness, which is ours in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this was a... A time of great need, a time of desperation, really, from somebody who wanted to be right with God. But to really understand that, I'm going to start way back where the Bible begins. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And sometime between then and now, you were created. Unlike God, you have a beginning. Like God, you will have no end. You were created for 
eternity with a body and a soul. And you are, I'm going to assume, since you're here and you're listening attentively, I'm going to assume that you are each a Christian, that you're living right now as a child of God the Father. As a Christian, you were created and you have been created new. You were born here below and you were born again from above. And you have lived each and every day in the nearness, the presence, and the mercy of God. That you share in the resurrection of Christ. And here is the problem. We see it in Psalm 32. You've lived long enough to know that this world is not perfect. You've seen, you've heard, and you've felt both good and evil. Because they're both here in this world. You know the brokenness and the burdens of life here in this world. You know what it is to have a troubled conscience over things that you should not have done or said or thought. You have felt the accusation of God's Word, and you have also known the acquittal from God's Word, from God's promise of forgiveness. And you have longed for the Word of good news. You have been thirsty for righteousness, and you have hungered for the promise of peace. Not a peace that this world can offer, but a peace between yourself and God. So that is the way that our lives go here, caught between creation and fall, made to live in Eden, but living on the outside and unable to get ourselves in, living at the same time as saint and sinner. So with all of that, into that situation and this reality, God brings these words. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, The Lord God has given us His holy word of law, something to pay attention to. These words were etched in stone by the finger of God and then handed to Moses to bring down from the mountaintop and to tell the people. And again and again through those words which we just spoke a little while ago, again and again we hear from God, you shall and you shall not. And hearing that, and knowing that, we still break those tablets by the things that we do, the things that we say, and the things that we think. We do it even knowing that our transgressions are harmful, deadly, and knowing that those sins, actually even one sin, cuts us off from God. 
word transgression, kind of a big word, it literally means from Latin to go across. So it means crossing a line. It's like having a red line there, clearly marked, clearly delineated, with a deep canyon on the other side of it, and big letters written there that say clearly, do not cross. Why would we cross it? All of those transgressions need somehow to be overcome. The bad news is that we cannot overcome them by ourselves. We don't have the strength, we don't have the wisdom, we don't have the intelligence. It would be like insisting that a dead man try to revive himself. It can't be done. And to be truly blessed would be for the soul to be forgiven so that no transgression would ever be held against that person. It would be truly blessed to have all sin covered, all sin taken care of, all sin dealt with, never ever to trouble the soul again. A person who is truly blessed would have God not counting those trespasses against him. To, have, to know that God does not ever bring out that record to review it carefully, to use that record to, of wrongs to decide what to do with you. To know that because of Jesus Christ, that record of wrongs no longer exists for those who repent and trust God's forgiveness. Forgiveness means that the record is gone. Then that soul would be truly blessed. So King David, we know about him, he wrote this psalm. He knew what it was like to carry the guilt of his sins. He knew what it would do to a person's soul to keep on carrying them. And he uses strong words here. Bones, wasting away, groaning all day long. The hand of God feeling heavy upon him. His strength dried up as in the heat of summer. David should have known better. Comes from a wonderful family. He was a great-grandson of Ruth. What a wonderful person of faith. He was the son of Jesse. He was a musician who could play the harp. And when he did, King Saul would calm down and become peaceful and stop trying to kill everybody. This is a man who relied on God when he went up against the giant Goliath with just a stone and a sling. He is a man who is described by God himself as a man after his own heart. And then we come to the point from Scripture where we find he sinned horribly and he thought he had gotten away with it. But God sent his prophet, Nathan, to confront David. And then David wrote, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. 
and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. David knew that forgiveness from God is everything. He knew that he did not have to carry that burden himself. He knew that now there was nothing left standing in the way between himself and God. Coming before God, he was honest. He was real. He did not come before God with any deceit. He did not try to make excuses or try to convince God that it wasn't so bad. He came to God open and transparent and genuine. And the word from God was forgiven. God's forgiveness mends the broken, crushed, fearful soul. That word of forgiveness is like dry ground soaking up that water. Forgiveness is like having a heavy burden being lifted off of your back and dropped down into that deep canyon, never to be picked up again. Forgiveness silences the voice of the accuser against you. And that forgiveness is backed up with the blood of Jesus Christ. As we hear in the psalm, Therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. So like David, we lift up our voices with awe and with joy because of God's deliverance. This is why we can sing along with those angels, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men with whom He is pleased. It's why we can join with the prophets, O oh, sing, O oh, daughter of Zion, shout, O oh, Israel. It's why we can join with that awe and that wonder that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin, then sings my soul. And then we sing with gratitude and with joy. I know that my Redeemer lives. And again, Christ the Lord is risen today. And again, up from the grave He arose. This is our deliverance. We have been delivered from that bondage to a sin, bondage to iniquity, that bondage to transgression. And we will never, ever have to pay the price for any of those because Jesus already has. His blood has been shed for you. The innocent has given His life for the guilty ones. And without that forgiveness, we would be left to deal with it all by ourselves. Something that no one could ever succeed at. So because of Christ... We've been broken out of that strange mix that we find in this world, that mix of both good and evil, 
mixing in together around us and inside of us. We're going to struggle with it here, but it doesn't own us. And we know that we are heading into a place where there is perfect forgiveness, full freedom from sin, and complete peace with God. We hear, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eyes upon you. God's teaching us. God wants us to know. He teaches us that we can confess our sins to Him and He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has not kept this a secret. It's not just for an elite group. This is something everybody in the world needs to know and everyone needs to trust. God will lead to the cross where Jesus has made our salvation, where He has earned our forgiveness, where He has provided for our never-ending life. And He is our guide who will see us through the valley of the shadow. And out of that and into the warmth and the brightness of God's love, So this is all about God dealing with us according to His grace. It means that we rely completely on Him. Because we could never get ourselves closer to Him. So He has come to us. We could never climb up to heaven. So heaven came down to us in person. We can never get our lives cleaned up enough. So Christ washes us clean down to our souls. We can never earn or deserve forgiveness. So Jesus did it for us. Steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. So we trust Him. We rely on Him. We depend on Him. We cannot be a Savior for ourselves. We need Him. So be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Always remember, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the end, God makes all things new. Here and now, He forgives in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, thank You for seeing us in our need. Thank You for seeing those things that we do wrong when we do cross the line into what is wrong and hurtful and bad. And instead of giving up on us, You give us Your Son. You give us Your Word. You give us the Holy Spirit. You give us this community of believers, this family. Thank You for never quitting on us. Thank you for urging us to repent. And thank you for showering us with your forgiveness, your mercy, and your compassion that never, ever ends. Father, we need you. So use your word, powered by the Holy Spirit. Use your word 
to reach into our lives and into the lives of those who don't know you, the lives of people who have questions about you, the lives of people who have strange ideas about you that are not accurate. Teach us, Father, to search your word and guide us every day in our lives. Help us to live as members of your family, treating each other as we ought to, as your children in your kingdom together to make a difference here in this world so that people can come into your presence forever. Bless us here, Father. We need you. Thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy, and the life you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.